Evening. It's good to be here. Um, I was supposed to be speaking uh, last Sunday night with all the college guys, um, and um, that would have been four of us preaching, and, and I was kind of getting passed out of a hard time with four of us preaching and, and so many songs going on. He was like, try to keep it around seven minutes, and I was like, seven minutes? What am I going to do in seven minutes? And none of the guys want seven minutes, by the way, but, um, but I was like, seven minutes, and uh, next thing I know, I got stuck with the whole service tonight, so careful what you ask for, I guess. But no, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity, Pastor, and I'm really thankful to God for his mercy in my life and, and allowing me to come up here and preach uh, his word. Um, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1 is where we're going to be tonight. Uh, I'm sure most of you know, um, 2 Timothy is written by Paul, here to Timothy. Uh, kind of as an encouragement, we're going to get in here and talk about a little bit tonight. Uh, Timothy struggling a little bit with some fear and, and some stress and, and you can only imagine and Paul's writing this and seems to be an encouragement, a challenge uh, to get in the ministry. Uh, so we're going to begin reading in verse 7 of 2 Timothy chapter uh, 1. Follow along with me uh, down to verse 11. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us. And called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. We're going to open a word of prayer, and then we're going to look into this more. Heavenly Father, God. I'd ask now that you'd be with me, Lord. You call my nerves, and you would just use me, Father, as your word uh, tonight. Not mine, that is going to go forth and speak to the hearts, Lord. And I ask that you would bless this time, bless your word as it goes forth. And we thank you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. A simple challenge tonight, maybe one we're not super accustomed to on a Wednesday night Bible study, but it's one the Lord has laid on my heart, um, a challenge of what is keeping you um, from serving God. Uh, what is keeping you from following his will, from getting into his will, fully surrendering to him. What is keeping you from spreading the gospel? What is keeping you from serving God? And, and as I began studying and thinking about this, uh, of this service for God, and not that it is something that we are not familiar with or something you haven't heard of, but I wanted to talk about the, the importance, the need um, that we are called to serve God, right? That there is a call as a Christian to serve God, to live for him. Um, we can see in verse 9, as Paul writes, who has saved us and called us within holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. God, if you're sitting here tonight, I hope you are, imagine as a Wednesday night you are, uh, a born-again believer, uh, knowing what God did for you, that he sent Jesus to die for you, know and believe, and I'm sure we all do that, God is the one who saved us. Uh, I'm so grateful for that. That God is the one who has saved us. Know that, and know that he has called us to a life of holiness. Uh, uh, He's called us to, to live not in sin, to live different, separate from the world, pure. Uh, God has called us to do that, knowing that we are sinners, knowing that we can't attain that. Uh, we won't be able to um, achieve that, but we must strive to live this life of holiness. Uh, God says, um, and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. First um, Peter 1, 15 and 16 says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be holy. For I am holy. Conversation in that verse, the Greek word goes back to uh, meaning um, in like your manner of life and everything you do. Um, because um, um, 
which has called you as holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation, all manner of your life, and what you watch and what you read and what you listen to, what you put in your mind, uh, and everything you do and how you act and how you live. We are called to be holy, uh, to be pure, to live separate, not, not in sin. And it's so important we realize God has called us to live differently from this lost world. Uh, know also he has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for us, and he has a purpose for this world. Uh, again, I, I read it a couple of times, but not according to our works and what we can do, but according to his own purpose and grace. Verse 10, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. God's purpose for this world now made manifest in Jesus who came and died for us. Now becomes a reality. Uh, God's purpose, that we don't have to be here, that not one of us should perish, but that all could have everlasting life. And God's purpose made a reality. Whereunto, uh, verse 11, whereunto I'm appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Paul reminds Timothy of God's call in his life. Uh, God's purpose for Paul. Um, two things to know as we get into this message of, of what is keeping you from serving God. Um, two things to know as a, as a believer. One, we, we must realize that our life is not about us. It's not about living for, for what we want, what we desire our goals and our dreams. I'm not here trying to tell you we must live a miserable life of, of service to God. And we know that God will bless us. He's there to take care of us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. We know the truth. But our life is not ultimately about uh, living for ourselves and achieving what we want. Again, not new news to any of us here tonight. Uh, but we must be reminded, I think John said it so well in chapter 3, verse 30 of John, uh, he must increase and I must decrease. Uh, when questioned by some of his own followers, um, uh, wondering, almost irritated, why Jesus was starting to get a greater following than he was, John said, wait a minute, that's what I'm here for, that Jesus would increase and that I would decrease, and that's what our life must be, not about what I can do, about what I want, um, that, but that they would see Jesus in me, that he would increase, and secondly, know that God has a specific plan for your life, uh, a specific purpose. I'm reminded, as God told Jeremiah, uh, when he called him to be a prophet, and Jeremiah doubted and, and was unsure God told him in Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Uh, God had a plan for Jeremiah before he was born. Uh, and I remind you tonight, church, that God has a plan for you before you were even born. Uh, and know that and, and believe that. And I think part of this plan, this service to God, is spreading his word. Not keeping this, this great uh, blessing to ourselves, but spreading it to others. Uh, I, I don't know the reference of the verse, but God has called us to be ambassadors for Christ. Uh, we're all, all familiar here with this uh, um, great commission, as we often call it, Matthew chapter 28. And verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, Excuse me. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. God has a call for your life if you're sitting here, a born-again believer, a Christian. It's a specific call. It's a holy life, separate from sin, different from the world. He has a plan for you. And as we seek to achieve that plan and follow his will, know that we are spreading the gospel. We are telling others. This is not just for ourselves. If it was, God would take us up when we got saved. It's not just for us. And so I, I'm reminded of, of this, what is this call of service as I get into what's keeping me from that? Um, this service to live for God. Uh, so what is keeping 
me? What is keeping you from serving him, from following this, his will, and, and, and from surrendering your life to him? Uh, what is keeping you from serving God? 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Of course, he's, he's writing to Timothy. Um, Timothy, who is living in a time, trying to live for God, in a time where Christians are, are being persecuted daily, uh, murdered, um, and imprisoned. Paul, of course, was imprisoned uh, now. Um, and I, I read um, some commentary and did some research on Emperor Nero, who, who was in control at, at this time, and, and just some of the inhumane and wicked things um, that he would do to Christians um, with, uh, you know, the, the, the circus games of feeding them to beasts and crucifying them and burning them alive, and not to be grotesque, but to make it a reality of what Timothy was living in right now and what Christians were living in. Um, and, and Paul writes in verse 8, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Uh, we can assume that Timothy and all he was um, experiencing, all he was dealing with, as Paul writes, don't be ashamed. And I, this isn't to belittle Timothy, um, because I couldn't imagine what I would be, uh, how I would act in a situation in a time like this. Um, but you can imagine Timothy seemed to be ashamed, as Paul would write him not to be, ashamed of his testimony, maybe ashamed of Paul. And Paul urges him uh, to partake in the afflictions for Christ. Um, and so you can imagine Timothy was discouraged, who was overcome with this fear. And Paul writes him uh, in this letter uh, and encourages him, challenges him to continue in this ministry of living for God, uh, in this service that we just talked about. Um, first thing he says, of course, is God has not given us this spirit of fear. And I want to talk a little bit about that tonight, the spirit of fear. John Phillips stated, Paul recognized that God had not given us a spirit of fear. Satan and his emissaries are the ones who seek to paralyze Christians with fear. Satan and his emissaries, the world and this flesh, are the ones who seek to paralyze us with fear, not God. Uh, we can see all through Scripture, great men of God who were paralyzed with fear and made the wrong choice. Peter, uh, as he denied Jesus, as he saw his Lord on trial, paralyzed with fear of what might happen to him, uh, cursed and denied Jesus. Um, King Saul is confronted with Goliath. Uh, as out of fear, uh, made the wrong choice, maybe fear of himself or the Israelites. Um, you see, Abraham, who, who left his, his wife out to dry by, by saying it was his sister, uh, um, great men of God who were paralyzed by fear. Uh, and it can get any, any single one of us if we're not careful. Uh, again, is the devil, it is our flesh. The world that will tempt us and infect us with his fear it is not of God, is not from our Lord. Uh, for lack of a better term, uh, I've tried to category, categorize, categorize um, these characters of fear. And again, I'm doing my best, to, and as the Lord leads, to give application here tonight. But ultimately, you know where you struggle. Uh, you know where your fear is, where your doubt is. Um, uh, for the first one, I have a, a physical fear. A physical fear when, when we are confronted by obstacles, trials, even just situations that cause us to fear what might happen to us. Uh, and again, we can imagine in, in Timothy's life, um, with persecution and death and, and um, imprisonment, the, the fear, the physical fear of what might happen to him is great. Um, and thank God we don't live in a time like that. I'm so grateful. Um, but there is still a fear in serving God today. 
Uh, there's still a fear in, in standing up in front of someone and speaking. There's still a fear in going door to door. I know there are houses as, as I go and, and uh, I really don't want to knock on or places in Columbus where I'd really rather not go. Uh, people I see that I'm like, I don't really want to witness to that person. There's still a fear in serving God today, a physical fear. Uh, I could think of, of missionaries and, and some of the places God has called them to go. Some of the countries and, and, and cities where I would not want to go, where I'd be scared to go. What might happen to me? Um, there is a physical fear. And I think secondly, again, for lack of a better term, I've labeled it as, as this internal fear. Um, uh, and it stems from a physical fear. Um, but this internal fear uh, of the stress and, and overthinking in our mind that really we create, uh, tempted by the devil, encouraged by this world and our flesh, um, but this overthinking fear in our mind. Uh, I think of, of doubt, and man, I, I really don't like doubt. Um, I think of doubting a decision we've made, of, of doubting God's will in our life, and leading to a point of doubting, is God there? Does God hear me? Um, I don't know where you are in life, but maybe to a point where you are doubting your salvation. And the devil will use that in your life. Uh, I think of, of the anxiety, and I feel like this has become so prevalent in our world today. Uh, I know close people who have, who have suffered from this. This anxiety and this focus on yourself to the point of, of distress and fear that is overcome of loneliness, uh, of guilt from, from past trials, from past mistakes you might have made, from things that might not even be your fault circumstances you are involved in. And, and we are so quick, if we're not careful, to look to God, to, to be overcome with this fear and this stress. Um, and it's dangerous. Um, this internal fear, when we dwell on it, It'll push us further and further away from God and further and further into this isolation and in this fear. Uh, I think of Elijah. And Pastor Adam, if you're there at the men's power lunch, spoke on this and it made me think exactly this message. Uh, Elijah, who had this great victory with God, defeated Baal. Uh, um, God brought rain after this drought. And what a great, amazing victory. Elijah was up here. And, and just a short time after, he is running in fear for his life afraid, focused on himself, on his own circumstances, on his own problems. Uh, he's left there ready uh, to quit the ministry and die. That's what he tells the Lord, overcome with this fear. I know fear wasn't the only factor in, in that downfall, but what a, what a, uh, when not handled correctly, um, what a great cause in that was his fear that he just uh, lost focus on God and was overcome. And the, the, the stress and the overthinking we do as humans, really. Um, this, this internal fear, all because the fear was not handled correctly. Pastor Han said uh, a couple months ago, actually, he said this in a message, and I wrote it down, um, never make a decision based on fear. Never make a decision based on fear. Don't reject God's will because you're scared or uncomfortable. Uh, don't reject going to that mission field, getting in the church choir, getting in the bus ministry, whatever it may be. This isn't at anyone personally. Um, but don't, don't miss out on what God has for you in service to his will because we are afraid. Afraid of what might happen to us. Uh, afraid of getting out of our comfort zone. Uh, don't miss it. Don't miss the opportunity to spread God's word because I'm scared of what someone might think. I'm scared of what someone might say. And so I'm just going to stay here. Uh, I'm going to stay comfortable. I'm not going to go out and serve him. And why? Because Paul told Timothy, that's not from God. God has not given you the spirit of fear. That's not from him. Paul goes on and he gives um, some good encouragement. But God has given us, and the first thing he lists is the spirit of power. The spirit of power. Uh, the Greek word here is force. 
is strength, is, is boldness. Oftentimes, uh, the Greek word is replaced and translated as works. To, uh, speaking of God's miraculous works, it really has to do with God's amazing power, is this word here. And I think how fitting that is. The first thing mentioned after this spirit of fear that causes us to, to so often isolate and think, I can't, I'm too weak, I'm not loud enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not bold enough, uh, it's not for me. And Paul says, God has given you the spirit of power. Not your own, not in your own strength, but in his power. Uh, you can do it, Timothy. And you can stand up. You can uh, um, get out there and serve God. You can endure in these afflictions because God has given you the spirit of power, of boldness. Um, so often we can see through the book of Acts, and, and Pastor actually mentioned this a couple weeks ago, uh, when Paul and Peter and others were moved by the Holy Spirit, they were rewarded with a boldness, a power. Uh, a strength to serve the Lord. Acts 1.8 says, But ye shall receive power. And the same word as used here in 2 Timothy. Same Greek word. Ye shall receive power. And after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Acts 4.33 says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Acts 6, verse 8, and Stephen, the first recorded martyr, uh, first recorded person who died for their faith, full of faith and power, in the same word, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Paul's reminding Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear, of I can't, I don't want to, I'm scared, but of this power, of this boldness. Again, uh, it gets me emotionally excited, like I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, uh, but it's not, it's not your own strength. It's not me. It's not anything I'm going to do, but this Holy Spirit in me that is going to give me this power from God uh, to live and to serve Him. And, and, and I can do this. With His help in church tonight, I remind you that God has given you that spirit of power. Uh, you can do this. Uh, he goes on and he talks about this spirit of love. Here the word love is, is agape, which I'm sure um, some of us have, have heard or familiar with. It's the same Greek word used in John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Um, the same word, agape. It has to do with a, a deep love, uh, a, a caring, a passionate, benevolent love. Um, not, a, not a brotherly love, not a light love, excuse me, but a deep love. And Paul says uh, to Timothy, God has given you this um, spirit of love. And what I found rather very quickly, um, you can't study love in the Bible um, at all without being reminded and overcome with the love of God uh, and his love for you and his love for me. Um, John 3.16, a familiar verse for all of us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, what did God's love result in him doing? For God so loved the world that he gave. That he gave for you and I. And it was really hard to understand is you know, why we didn't deserve it. Uh, Romans 5, verse 8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, we can never earn God's love, um, no matter what we do, and, and we don't deserve God's love. I think it was Brother Chase, or one of the young guys preaching, one of the college guys, um, said it, it's just, you can't understand it. Uh, and when you think about it, um, I'm reminded of his love for me. You know, so often in my life, uh, and maybe I'm the only one like this, um, I get serving God, and I kind of get on, on a one track, a pattern, a rhythm, and, and I know God loves me. I know I don't deserve it, but
But too often in my life, um, I find myself, uh, I don't want to be arrogant when I say this, um, not thinking I deserve it, but not being aware of how much I don't deserve it. Uh, and I kind of get into a track, and I go along my way, and then, you know, it doesn't take long, but I fall into sin, I lose my temper, whatever it may be, and I go to God to pray, and, and I, I think, God, I hope you still love me. And, and instantly reminded with the fact that this is who I am, and this is who I've been this whole time, and God has loved me this whole time. Um, I've always been like this. I've never once been good enough, uh, um, and God has still loved me. And... and Man, you, you, you really can't um, study love in the Bible without seeing that, being reminded of that, uh, um, how great that is. So, church, I ask you tonight, uh, how is your love for God? How is your love for God? Uh, he instructs us, Jesus instructs us to first love him, Mark chapter 12, verse 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And then love others, our neighbors. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Uh, what is the spirit of love? What is the spirit of love? I'm reminded of God's love for me. And I think, truthfully, church, if, if we would take time, and hopefully you have, I know I have a lot recently, and sit there and think about God's love for me, I think that will help greatly with a lot of your fear and your stress um, to be reminded that God loves me, and everything I go through, he's still there. He wants what's best for me, because he loves me. I'm reminded of the verse in 1 John uh, chapter 4, and verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. And I think of, of God's perfect love for me, and I think that helps immensely uh, with the fear and the stress and the trials that we go through. Um, so the spirit of love, how much God loves me, and I love him back. 1 John 419, the, the next verse in that uh, book of 1 John 4, we love him because he first loved us. Uh, and, and I'm not talking about this just goofy, emotional, light love. I think, um, I think some Christians, and I think the world really has this confused version of, of love, especially to God. Uh, if you've done any soul winning or talked to anyone really in this area uh, about the Lord, you go to talk to him and and, and you start talking about the Lord and witnessing to them, and they, they instantly, oh, I love God. I pray to God. Yeah, I love him. There's no fruit in their life. They don't go to church. They don't care. Um, but, and I'm not here to put them down. But to point out, what, that's not real love. That's not the love that we're talking about here. We're talking about this agape, this deep love for God, where I'm willing to give my heart, my soul, mind, and strength all to him because I love him, because he loved me, uh, and because what he did for me. Uh, and I love him. And you know what you'll find is that will result in you loving others and you giving that love to others. Uh, when I choose then to love God with everything I have, um, uh, not this spirit of fear. Again, that so often causes an isolation and a rejection of fellowship. I don't want to go to church today. I don't want to deal with those people. I don't want to go so many and talk to those people. I don't want to, I don't want to be out there. Um, not that, but a spirit of love. I'm reminded of how much God loves me, and I've chosen to love him with everything I have, and so I'm going to go out and show love to others, and accepting love, receiving love. I'm willing to talk to these people. I'm willing to answer the phone and talk to who, who that person who just won't stop talking. I'm willing to go the distance to reach these people because I love them, and I love God, and he loves me. The spirit of love that Paul reminds Timothy, hey, you have this spirit of love as well, not fear. Lastly, 
uh, uh, the spirit of a sound mind. And the Greek word has to do it with a disciplined mind, with self-control. Uh, and Paul reminds Timothy, um, all, the, all the fears he has faced, the overthinking again. We've said it a couple times now. I've said it a couple times now. As you can imagine, everything that was going through his mind. And Paul says, Timothy, you need to have a sound mind. You need to have a disciplined mind. You can't go there in those fears. You can't go there in that stress and those what-ifs. You have to have a sound mind, Timothy. Uh, really, a whole message could be dedicated to the mind. Most of you know this. I'm sure most of you have heard and studied the mind. Um, how important it is that we guard our mind, that we protect it, and, and that we have a disciplined mind on where we think and where we go. I don't have the time to go there tonight, but it needs to be addressed, and it will be. Second uh, Corinthians 10, verse 5 says, Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And the first part of that verse, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Casting down imagination. The Bible is so clear on where our minds should be. I think Paul often speaks of living for the eternal and setting your affection on things above and not on this world. Uh, I think of the verse Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be on any praise, think on these things. If our thoughts, our concerns are not of any virtue, if they're uh, not of good report, cast them down. Cast down the imaginations, the stress, the fear that you're feeling. Get rid of it. It's not from God. Get rid of it. Cast it down. Uh, I don't have time to go through Philippians 4. I wish I could. If you, if you were a teacher here at the school, you got to hear Mr. Nadowski go through it. And it was encouraging to me. Uh, one of the uh, teacher and service devotion days um, is encouraging to me. But, but have a disciplined mind to think on that which is good and lovely and just and have a good report. Things that have virtue. Uh, not our stress, not overcome a fear as Elijah who got so focused on his own problems uh, to the point where he was done with the ministry, done with living. And we can't go there. Have a disciplined mind. Cast that down. Uh, the second part of the verse, and um, bringing into captivity every thought, the obedience of Christ. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Bring into captivity every thought. I'm not going to go there. Again, this is in God's strength. This isn't in our own. Uh, we'll fail. We are human. We are sinners. We'll get there. Um, but remember the power and love and, and this disciplined mind to bring into captivity every thought. I'm not going to go there, but I'm going to take my mind into captivity, and I'm going to put it to the Lord. Uh, and and I, I'm reminded of, of Paul, as he says in Romans 12, verse 2, uh, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, and Paul, strive, striving to... Uh, um, take captivity of his mind and put it on the Lord. And what does the Bible say? And that would keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Paul is reminding Timothy, hey, do not go there. As I remind you tonight, and the fears that we have, and again, I don't know what you're battling with in your own uh, life here tonight, um, but, but don't go there. Don't go to the fear and the stress and the anxiety, the loneliness um, that, that so often people in this world, people that are lost, are, are constantly in that state. And we don't have to be. Uh, you don't have to go there. And I encourage you, church, not to. To have a sound mind, a disciplined mind. 
to have self-control, not to go there, but to think on the good, the lovely, the just, uh, on the Lord. Uh, so uh, I'm coming to close tonight, church. What is keeping you from serving God? What is keeping you from serving Him? Uh, we cannot allow the fear, uh, the stress, the anxiety, as the list goes on. You know what it is in your own life. You can't allow that to keep you from serving Him, from following His will, uh, from spreading the gospel. Uh, Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul says in the beginning of the verse, excuse me, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Paul's, Paul's been there. And, and the resume, if you will, of Paul's suffering is great. Um, from the persecution, uh, being left for dead, the sicknesses, being shipwrecked, uh, is great. He's been through it all, imprisoned as he is sitting here, writing this letter. Um, it is great. And he says, I've been there. I've suffered in these afflictions. But he says, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Uh, I know my have believed uh, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. The word committed has to do with depositing. And Paul's Paul saying, I've committed, I've deposited my whole life, my heart, soul, mind, and strength into God. Uh, everything I have for him, and I trust him, and I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. And, and church, I remind you tonight uh, to trust God. Isaiah 12, verse 2 says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. And Paul trusted God. And, and you see that in that verse. I know whom I believed. I know whom I believed. Uh, and Paul wasn't ashamed. He, he was in prison now. Uh, and he's encouraging Timothy. I know you're going through a lot. I know it's scary. I've been there. But know who you believed. Trust God. And be not ashamed. Get back into the ministry. Live for God. And so I challenge you tonight, church, uh, do you trust God? And I'm sure all of us here would say, absolutely, yes, absolutely. Uh, th and then believe his word. that He's not giving you a spirit of fear, um, but of power. Power of boldness, of strength. Uh, to be able to go forth, be able to witness, be able to follow his will. Uh, of love. Uh, encouraged by how much he loves me, but, but to show that to others. Because I love him. Uh, to go that extra mile, even though I don't want to, I don't care what that person has to say, but I'm going to show it anyways. Uh, and of a sound mind. Because the, the devil will come for you with those fears and the stress uh, and all the time. I'm sure most of us have been there. And you know he will. God is not giving you that spirit of fear, but of a sound mind, a disciplined mind, church. Uh, I challenge you to, to trust God. To trust God. And I ask again, what is keeping you from serving the Lord? I hope it's not a spirit of fear. Uh, I understand. And I've been there. I, I know I'm a, a younger person here, but, but I've been there in the spirit of fear. Uh, and that's not from God. He's given us that power, that love, and a sound mind. It's through his strength, not mine, not yours. Uh, but he's, he's, he's given it to us. He's offered it to us. Uh, trust the Lord and be not afraid. Trust the Lord and be not afraid. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father God, thank you for this night, Lord. Uh, thank you for this message, God. You have 
used it in my life and, and burdened me with this, Lord. And I ask tonight that, that you would have been the one that had gone through and worked in each and every one of these uh, people's lives, God. And we just uh, thank you so much, Lord. I just pray that you'd be with us now in these moments and in the weeks to come, Lord, to, to trust you, Lord. Uh, and we thank you, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. As bad and I's close, if you would stand with me tonight. And, you know, I remember a statement I heard a long time ago, you're only as big as what it takes to stop you. And I think as I was looking at the scripture, just how many times we allow the things in that passage of scripture to hinder us in our service for the Lord, whether it's a fear of what might happen or lust of what's on it, what do we allow to take hold of our mind or uh, failure to rely upon God, that love that begins to lack in our life. And next thing you know, we find ourselves in neutral in terms of our service of God or we're moving forward for the Lord. But as the pianist begins to play, as God has spoken to your heart tonight, the altar is open. And why don't you just take a moment and spend time with the Lord and uh, think of the importance of just refusing fear in our life. And Christian, the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. And faith sure is the opposite of fear. It's moving forward sometimes in its presence. But as God has spoken to your heart tonight and the, uh, the invitation is given, spend time with the Lord.